Welcome to Billy Elliot's Adventure Club, the October episode. I'm so excited it's October. I love Halloween. Bonfire is just around the corner now. And yes, it's back on in Lewistown. I don't know. I think it's going to be a great one this year because of the fact that it was cancelled last year as well. And I think the last time it was cancelled in Lewis, in the war, and then before that, the plague. So it's rarely cancelled. Very exciting that it's back. It's not quite there yet. We've still got a whole month. And October is one of my favourites. It's time for picking apples and starting to store things in jars for the winter ahead getting ready to nestle down and some people might find that that's more attractive than others but to me I think autumn is my favourite season and it's October which means it's been exactly a year since Billy Elliot's Adventure Club begun and for its first year anniversary I thought it'd be wonderful to explore adventuring in a whole new way that we haven't discussed on the show before and that is going it alone or the lone wolf So the theme this month is The Lone Wolf and we're going to be exploring ways in which people can go it alone and really thrive in um, situations of solo activity. I'm going to start off with a song for you all. Welcome to Billy Elliot's Adventure Club. It's great to have you here. Go your own way 
That was Go Your Own Way by Fleetwood Mac. Has anyone heard the latest single release by Fleetwood Mac? They've just released some music this year. I know, I'm surprised too. I think the album before that was in the 70s. So them and ABBA have released music this year, haven't they? I'd love to hear your opinions, which you can share on the website Radio Reverb and click on Billy Elliot's Adventure Club. Now, for those who've tuned in, the theme this month, the one year anniversary of Billy Elliot's Adventure Club, is Going It Alone. Or the Lone Wolf. And I thought it would be great to start off by sharing this little clip from a video of Byron Katie advising a young girl on self-love. I get boyfriends. Okay, so let's look at it. You need a boyfriend. Is that true? No. So how do you react when you think the thought, I need a boyfriend, and you don't have one? I feel lonely and left out, all my friends do, which doesn't make a difference because I'm not my friends. Um, and If you were thinner, you would have a boyfriend. Can you absolutely know that that's true? No. Does that thought bring peace or stress into your life? I need a boyfriend. Definitely stress. And how do you live when you believe that and you encounter a male? I get really scared. <laughs> I don't know uh, really what to do. I end up with the whole self-violence thing again. Yes, honey. So who would you be meeting some gorgeous man without the thought, I need a partner, I need a boyfriend? Who would you be meeting that hunk without your story? (laughs) I'd probably be really laid back and cool, I guess. <laughs> yeah, An enjoyable person to be around. Op- yeah. <laughs> you would be your own perfect mate and they would yeah. be a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what you really want? Just to meet the world just kicked back, comfortable, relaxed? It does sound much better. You know, you're the, you're the mate you've been waiting for. You've been looking for. <laughs> So I need a boyfriend. Turn it around. I don't need a boyfriend. Bingo. Reality. How do I know I don't need one? I don't have one. (laughs) Without the thought, can you imagine that without, without, like the thought can come in when you question it, because thoughts aren't going to stop. I came to see until I met my thoughts with unconditional love, I cannot meet you with unconditional (laughs) love because you're going to say what I haven't dealt with yet. So I try to shut my thoughts down, meditate them down, medicate them down, try to shut them up, credit card them down, food them down, (laughs) alcohol them down, let's see. Try to do all of that and here they come, here they come, here they come. So I'm left with all the effects and the thoughts are still here. So when I question them, It's a wonderful thing. It's like unconditional love. So now you can say anything. You can say anything, and you cannot be my enemy because you can only say what I have thought and the world has thought. There are no new stressful thoughts. So there's only, you know, that's why I say, you know, you're you're the love of your life. Work with this, it leaves self-love. But to live in the world with, I don't need a partner, You know, the turnaround is to be open to every human being, cat, dog, and tree. (laughs) 
Okay. Yeah. It leaves you open for every male in your life. And when one says, oh, you are a gorgeous babe, you don't have to marry them. <laughs> you know? Just because they have been, they have flattered you. And if you do enough, if you question your mind, you do enough work, they might say, you are a gorgeous babe. You could say, well, yeah. <laughs> you notice? I notice? You know, but you could think it to yourself. Then now here's a wise man. <laughs> Not everyone is that wise in this world. Are you?
boots, an unremarkable source, and frosty tents. We're talking to Laura Jacklin today, who is on Instagram as Explorer Hikes, somebody who is loving to walk and hike through the Peak District and the surrounding areas during this time of lockdown. Laura, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, really good, really good. I've been really enjoying doing all the sound tech stuff, setting up with you. Um, <laughs> Laura and I know each other from from a university past, um, long gone. <laughs> yes, I know. It's scary to think that it actually was like a little while ago now as well. Like when I'm like, oh yeah, I graduated like a couple of years ago. I'm like, oh god, no, it was it was a bit longer than that now. <laughs> Makes you feel old, like counting down the years. Yeah. <laughs> it's like getting longer and longer since we graduated. Yeah, yeah, not a fan of that. No, <laughs> I totally get that. <laughs> I remember we used to organise some really funny events. Like, Yeah, there was always a lot of like tables and chairs to be moved and a lot of like, a lot of hog roasts. <laughs> I have this like really vivid memory of um, in the end of the year, the end of the year ball. And I remember like we'd booked this hog roast for everyone to cook. Like, I don't know why we just like everyone just suddenly thinks students love hog or something. But um, <laughs> but I remember like it was such a stressful day and it was so hot in and in Bristol in Clifton where it's like really hilly. And I remember I was like wearing I got changed into my like ball gown basically. And then the hog roast people rang basically saying, Oh, our clutch is gone, like the we're stuck on the hill and then I just like remember running around Clifton trying to find this hog roast and then basically having to load it into the back of their car that belonged to like the guy who was bringing the candy floss machine and literally just like sitting in this car with this random man with this candy floss machine and a whole like steaming hog roast in the back so uh, <laughs> yeah fun time. oh my god that really paints a picture of our halls as well and the sort of demographic that we were tailoring to the yes. hog roast <laughs> yeah so <laughs> true oh god <laughs> we end up in like the fanciest halls didn't we it was definitely a world away from uh, from what I was used to. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have a, a quite a significant overlap with um, adventuring, and that's actually what we're going to be talking today about, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about it. <laughs> so Laura um firstly I loved that you messaged me on Facebook the other day and said hello and it was so cool to see that you're really into hiking and adventuring around the area that you're from is that right that's right yeah that's right what I was really looking forward to like really hearing a lot about was your three-day hike to the source of the river dove yes yeah so that's kind of I suppose my like most recent adventure um yeah, so that was last September. Yeah, September 2020. So you've explained about your three-day hike a little bit and described it very well on your Instagram. Uh, you talk of steaming boots, frosty tents. Um, you talk about adventure being so important and what can make our souls sing. And I loved what you said about expecting an unremarkable closure with your finding of an unremarkable source <laughs> of the River Dove. So I'd love to hear more about your three-day hike to the River Dove. Firstly, what made you just decide to do that walk? At the beginning of the pandemic, which is a phrase that I never thought I would ever say in my life, but now becomes something that we say quite a lot. 
um, yeah, so the beginning of the pan- pandemic back in March, I um, kind of moved back to uh, stay with my parents back where I grew up in Staffordshire. Um, initially just for like three weeks while it all blew over but lo and behold I mean it's nearly a year later and I'm still here you know which I suppose wasn't in my life plan but um, you know I'm so lucky that I've been able to do that and yeah like massively massively grateful for having done that and um, it was during so it was towards the end of the summer um, which had been really lovely and you know I was getting out hiking quite a lot and cycling but the end of the summer I'd basically moved all my stuff out of London to come and move it back here and um, I was sorting through all my stuff and I like opened this book and out fell a like 2020 goals like plan of things I'd wanted to do in 2020 (laughs) (laughs) I mean even like pandemic aside I was being incredibly ambitious like when I put it back (laughs) I was like my god like I had big plans I don't know how I was gonna fit all that in but obviously like read it and it was just all an absolute joke because it was all about you know like doing things abroad and like you know looking if I could move abroad and all this kind of thing and yeah just stuff that was completely out of the question so I was looking at that had a little giggle at that um and also it was obviously quite like oh god that's so tragic but yeah so I I suppose that kind of like sowed the seed that I was like right you know what all of these things feel like they're on hold but I really want to go on an adventure right now and I think I'd done a pretty good job of like making the most of local adventures and uh, you know following local footpaths and discovering whole new areas but I just wanted to do something a little bit bigger that felt more like a, a journey and also I really wanted to do something on my own so I I mean this sounds like I made it up it sounds like a moment from a film but I like I was basically out for a walk one evening and I live in a village that's on the banks of the river Dove and um I walked down and I was like sitting by the river and just like watching it kind of flow by and just you know like contemplating life or whatever and um I basically just I like, was looking at it and drifting along and I just thought wait a sec I could I could walk to its source because I I live like fairly near the mouth so I thought, oh, yeah, okay, why don't I just walk to the source from my front door? I thought, that's a good idea. And then I um, I would love to say, and then I just started walking, but I obviously <laughs> didn't like it. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> it's not that quite romantic. So I, I came home and I basically looked at um, some maps and planned a route out that there isn't a path that follows it the whole way but I kind of was a bit creative with footpaths and planned a route out looked at a couple of places I could camp and yeah by the next weekend I I set off yeah that's basically how it came about it's often in those times when you're contemplating life and you've got a lot of space where all the best ideas come I completely agree and actually especially when you're kind of like adventuring and they're like quite like doing something active I find like a lot of things come to me then Mm, that's so great so yeah I mean that that takes us quite quickly and easily on to um sort of asking you what your relationship with adventuring is in general I think it's something that I suppose I got the bug of from quite an early age I was really lucky that my parents are both quite outdoorsy. So we did a lot of hiking holidays when I was younger. We went to the Lake District a lot. So I suppose like it's always kind of the outdoors and nature has always been like a big part of my life. You know, I I got really into running when I uh, was a teenager, I guess. And I also did all of my Duke of Edinburgh's, which was like 
so much fun. Like, I have such happy memories looking back on that. I did DV bronze. Oh, and it yeah. was the best thing ever. It's so fun. Me and my group went to, I think it was just around like Forest Row, which is quite close to where I live. Um, and we, we we ended up walking, I think it was like a two-day one or something. We ended up camping in the scout camp, which happened to be on a night where the scout leaders were all having this huge party. Me and my little group, it was just me and my three best friends. The, like There was no adult or anything who came with us. We did it all on our own. And we broke into the scout party and stole loads of wine and got really drunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> that's amazing that is so good yeah it's so good it was such a good time (laughs) (laughs) it was so brilliant anyway adventuring for me I think it's a way you can learn a lot about yourself through pushing your limits I guess like physically mentally whatever and just giving yourself a lot of confidence in yourself and your ability but also I think it's like a really good way of relating to the world around you the environment is another one of my passions I guess and nature and um and wanting to look after it and just I'm thinking it's such a special thing that we're a part of and I think that adventuring is just a really good way of connecting with nature and reminding yourself do you know what like we are just part of nature at the end of the day yes we all wear clothes and we all go to work and do jobs but we are just animals at the end of the day and I I kind of like being reminded of that yeah it's so funny isn't it thinking about how like animals are all just out there in their own little pockets of life living their own ways and then we're just a part of that as well and like flipping it around and imagining like animals in clothes going to work and stuff it makes our lifestyle feel so feel and sound so ridiculous to me yeah exactly (laughs) completely completely it also just gives you a really it gives you perspective on stuff as well In, in two ways in a way I feel like when you kind of conquer something you do an adventure or you climb a big mountain or or you've just been on like, you know, a walk around your village or whatever, that sense of achievement, being outdoors and experiencing that the world's just so much bigger than you gives you so much perspective. On one hand, it makes you feel like you can conquer anything. So you like simultaneously feel like really big and like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I'm really confident I can do this, I can do that. But at the same time, it also makes you feel really small. It makes you feel small in the only way you should ever feel small in the way that like, you know, the earth is so big and everything's so much bigger than you. It just can give you a lot of perspective, I guess, on on problems you might be having or just just life, I guess. It makes you kind of realise what's important. Did you feel like you got quite a lot from your three-day hike along the River Dove then in terms of kind of perspective and in your contemplation moments yeah definitely I mean not the whole time I I don't want to make out I'm like on some sort of you know like soul searching journey the whole time most of the time I'm just having a a great time walking along and you know being really happy I found an extra biscuit in the bottom of my bag or (laughs) you know that kind of thing but yeah I definitely think there were moments where especially because I was on my own and you know everything was quiet you're just kind of like sitting on your own in your tent looking at the view or whatever And I think there were times that I suppose I did feel really like, yeah, get that sense of perspective and just that that feeling of like, oh, yeah, this is where I'm meant to be right now. And your worries just kind of float away a little bit, I guess. Yeah, there's a sense of having to be very present, isn't there, when you're on a trip like that, because you're kind of thinking mostly about where you're going to sleep and what you're going to eat and and like achieving, you know, getting to the next part of your the leg of your journey, I guess. Um. Yeah, in terms of that walk in particular then. Exactly, I love that. It makes you feel like it just appreciates the small things, I think. Mm, Totally. And so looking at this three-day hike in in hindsight, what were your highlights and lowlights of the trip? 
Oh, that is such a good question. Highlights. The first one is a low light that became a highlight. So I think like, so this was actually the first time I've ever camped completely on my own. I was pretty nervous about it, I have to say. A slight low light was the night of my first camp where I just really struggled to sleep. I was just having a bit of, I guess, negative self-talk like, oh, you should be braver than this. Like, why are you getting scared by that rustling in the trees and that kind of thing? But I kind of just managed to like calm myself down, I guess, and like get a decent night's sleep. So that was a highlight because the next day I woke up feeling really proud of myself for making it through the night. And so that was really, really good. It's actually such a big deal, isn't it? Camping on your own. It is a big deal. I think it's like, the thing is, I think because I'm, you know, in I suppose a lot of communities of like, solo women hikers and adventurers and that sort of thing I see people doing it all the time so it doesn't feel like a big deal but then when you talk to someone who hasn't done it before you're like and they're like oh gosh that's like quite scary you're like actually yeah it is quite scary like and that's that can be you know that's not a bad thing to be a bit scared by it I don't think exactly and it, it, I think it's um completely because you we're in those worlds because I'm, I'm the same and I'm in lots of like solo female hiker groups and stuff and I think because like we're around that you you kind of normalize it but actually for a lot of people like you say it's it's quite a big deal and I think it takes a bit of time to get used to and it takes a few goes as well it can feel really lonely and really like vulnerable just being in this like bit of tarpaulin in the middle of nowhere completely no I completely agree and like it's kind of it is a big deal and I think it's it's nice that it can become not a big deal um but it's you know that novelty of it being a little bit scary is also kind of quite nice in a in a weird way because you kind of you overcome yeah. that fear I suppose but yeah and another highlight as well was just on the second night's camping honestly I had this amazing camp spot and the moon came up and it was so bright and it was just absolutely beautiful and it was the view was incredible um and it was just like wow this is this is why I'm here kind of thing this is what I've come to do Another low light was a low light, but I don't know whether this is safe for radio or not, but I couldn't find a toilet. <laughs> and I re- I mean, I'm not usually bothered by that, but let's just say it wasn't for a number one. And yeah, it was, <laughs> it was touch and go. And I was getting very stressed. So I was stressed. <laughs> That was probably a big low light. That was, yeah, a low light. I mean, that was oh my great. god! At the time, I was, I was not happy. <laughs> yeah, all all adventurers have poo stories. Like, oh yeah, part, oh definitely, part of the castle, isn't definitely, it? Yeah. yeah. And it becomes such a normal thing to talk about. Yeah, definitely. Apart from the poo, what was your greatest challenge for this three day hike? Do you reckon? Um, ooh, I think it was probably the camping alone was um was probably the biggest challenge because that was something I hadn't, as I said, I hadn't done before. Um, mm-hmm. and um, I think as well I was carrying everything, so that was another thing. I mean, I'd done that on D of E before and things like that, but I suppose you've got the security of knowing that, like, you know there's someone keeping an eye on you from afar with that or is there mm. I mean obviously I did have like you know I wasn't in the wilderness I was in the peak district so it's not like <laughs> you know nothing could go too badly wrong but I suppose just like thinking oh you know I've got everything I need on my back and like yeah. it was quite heavy and I you know I'm haven't got the most upper body strength although I'm getting there I'm getting there 
but hey, um, uh, uh, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's like a big sign for me because yeah. I'm just learning how to do press-ups now and that's now now I think I can really do one I feel like I'm strong now well yeah that's been a lockdown thing for me has been being able to do press-ups and actually that's thanks to Joe Wicks I have to say um, oh my god me too he's yes! like he's been my like he's been my absolute idol like, I do he's been like <laughs> such a big part of my life yeah. me too and he doesn't even know who I am but he's basically one of my best friends now and, and also like his whole family yoga with Adrian oh, they're yeah, my two yeah. my two loves but I just feel like Joe Wicks's family I feel like I know them I feel like yeah. you know, we're gonna be a go, all go on family holidays together or yeah yeah <laughs> such a babe yeah such a babe. so um but yeah, so I would say uh, carrying my bag as well was um, there. Yeah, like I find, I don't know about you, but like I've moved quite a lot over the last few years from like uni and like different flats in London and that kind of thing. So I feel like I'm always having to pack my stuff up and move. And every time I get so annoyed at how much stuff I've got. And like, I haven't even got that much stuff. Like I don't really buy that many clothes and that kind of thing because... I don't like having too much stuff but every time I'm just like oh god like why have I got so much just rubbish but yeah so I think that's kind of really appealed to the whole like minimalism of just carrying everything you need on your back and just thinking like yeah I'm still alive I clearly don't need that much stuff yeah I really relate to that as well we actually are running out of time so I'm going to ask you the final question that I ask everyone that comes on the show um, and that is do you have a challenge for the audience and that can be anything that the audience can give a go in the next month that you think would benefit them yeah I do actually um I'd really like people to go and discover something about their local river um in some way because I love rivers I think they're really cool and walking to the source of the dove I think just reminded me of that in a way I mean I just think they're so important for wildlife they're so important for us um they're yeah I just think rivers are great and they need to get more more press so I think yeah if people go down to their local river discover something about it learn to love it (laughs) Mm, I love that that's great thanks Laura and for anyone who's listening who wants to follow your adventures and follow your hikes how can they find you so um probably the best place is on Instagram so my Instagram is explorer but spelt like e-x-p-l-a-u-r-a underscore hikes um explorer hikes so yeah I'm doing quite a lot of local adventures at the moment obviously lockdown one that I'm actually kind of quite pleased with so I'm going to mention (laughs) is um I'm doing my like seven local summits at the moment um and basically I think I got inspired because I mean the seven summits who isn't inspired by climbing them um but instead of you know doing the highest mountain on every continent I basically looked at the seven nearest trig points from my front door and um I'm going to them through lockdown I found that like a really good way of planning routes and just finding more Mm. interesting ways of going on walks and stuff so I don't know people might want to give it a try that's really cool bringing it bringing a challenge kind of almost like a micro challenge getting a bigger challenge that's already exists in the world and making it more local and more achievable right now that's so cool I love that and you said and you said your the dream is to walk the PCT oh Billy yes it is like it is I feel like it's such a kind of cliche (laughs) that in the like you're a a walking cliche Laura I love it yeah I'm I'm literally a walking cliche (laughs) but um I think um I mean I guess it's my dream to do a 
a long distance hike, a through hike at some point. Um, the PCT is one that captured my imagination like quite a few years ago now. And it's just been on my radar ever since. Like, you know, when I'm kind of thinking ahead, it's kind of got this PCT shaped hole that needs to fit in somewhere. Yeah, that's that's definitely one of the dreams. Yeah. Have you seen the film Wild? <laughs> oh, of course I have. Yeah. Read the book. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And I think like, yes, it is a kind of like cliche, but I guess it's it's a cliche for a reason. Laura, you've been brilliant. Thank you so much for messaging me and asking me to be on the show. What a great decision you made there in that moment in time. Oh, no, thank you so much for having me. It's been so good to kind of like relive it and also to catch up with you. It's been lovely. Really, really nice. Yeah, epic. Well, good luck with everything and see you soon. Bye. 97.2 FM. Radio Revamp. And a mirror's reflection I'm a-dancing on with myself I when there's no one else inside I in the crowd and lonely night Well, I wait so long for my love vibration And I'm dancing on with myself
was Laura Jacqueline with her interview about her three-day hike to the River Dove. I thought that was a great little chat, especially under this theme of being a lone wolf. Have you done anything that might have been slightly against expectations in society? Then we had Dancing With Myself by Billy Idol. And now, as part of the sound adventure exploration of going it alone... Here is an excerpt from Nick Hancock's TED Talk in Hull with the title, Is Solo Adventure an Illusion? Um, Like many people, I was made redundant at the start of the recession and I've relocated to Scotland, um, got myself a temporary job in an outdoor shop and and rapidly became very bored. And uh, decided what I needed was a challenge, some sort of adventure to motivate myself. And I'd always wanted to go to St Kilda and the Outer Hebrides, so I thought what I'd do is I'd sea kayak there from mainland Scotland via Sky and the Outer Hebrides. Um, and when I got back from, from the expedition, um, there was obviously a round of interviews to go through TV, press, newspapers, <coughs> that sort of thing, and someone posed the question to me about the difference between being alone and being lonely. Now, fortunately, I was never lonely on Rockall, so I couldn't really answer the question, but the question about what was being alone like sort of fired a seed in my head again, that a, a concept that had been annoying me whilst I was on the rock about this whole solo aspect of the expedition. Had I been eroding that somehow um, in my planning and preparation with the technology I had with me? As I mentioned, I had a laptop, I had a satellite phone, I had a spot emergency transmitter. Um, I also had a cutting-edge BGAN satellite aerial, which gave me faster broadband than my home broadband connection. <laughs> Now, I wasn't streaming movies the whole time, um, and, 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 and that's really the concept, that was that um, with modern technology, it is possible to Skype. And I was Skyping to do live TV interviews to the US, for example, from The Rock, which had, because it had never been done before. And I mentioned previously, you'll have picked up from the other slides and what I was saying, that there were quite a lot of people involved in the planning and preparation for this expedition. And I had a VHF radio with me on the rock. I could have been speaking to passing fishing vessels and other shipping that was, that was around all the time. I specifically chose not to do that because um, I wanted to enjoy the, the solo aspect of the expedition and being on my own. But also I didn't want the psychological impact of suddenly losing that communication channel to have a, have a, have a big, be a big issue for me on the rock out there on my own. Um, I, I was, as I say, I wasn't lonely. I had birds and, and whales to talk to. 
And that kept my morale up. Some say I might have been going slightly mad, but um, you know, it, just being able to, to, to chat away to a bird you recognise is sometimes quite good for morale. <laughs> uh, the, um, the storm itself, day 28, um, I was lying there in my pod that night on my own with the wind howling, the waves battering the pod, in fact, moving the pod across the, across the ledge. There was no one there to help me that night lying there in fear for my life. Helicopter rescue was at least two and a half hours away if they could get to me in those conditions. There was no one there to help me. But I got there with a team. It was very much a team effort. And this is again where this problem in my head was, is where, is, where is the line between being alone and being solo drawn? And is there a line to be drawn at all? The in my view, my expedition was very much a solo endeavour. The planning and preparation had all been about the team. Explorers Web, who um, monitor and assess mountaineering and polar expeditions and first have a definition of solo, and that is that one, you've got to be on your own, but two, there's no resupply whilst you're there. And I certainly fitted into that category. But the telecommunications capabilities I had meant that, in theory, I could have been seeing and speaking to people every day. The only thing I wasn't doing was touching them. And going forward, I think that's going to be a real problem for solo expeditions. We are currently limited only by battery life, the cost of airtime, and equipment weight on mobile expeditions. When all those issues are, are sorted out, then I can foresee a time when a polar explorer is trudging through Antarctica with a head-up display, talking to and seeing his family and friends. That will have a significant impact on his morale his mental state, and therefore his performance. Will we then have to redefine solo? Will solo expeditions have to define themselves by the technology they take, and we're going to have to have separate criteria for solo expeditions and adventures? I don't know. It's a further debate to be had. But certainly, I think my expedition fitted into the current solo criteria. Hopefully, you do too. But going forward, there are issues to be resolved. Hmm, a little bit of food for thought there. And finally, but not least at all, we have the Loneliness Audio Zine produced by me and a few others in the Brighton community. An exploration of sound about what loneliness really is and what happens when we face loneliness head on. This will be playing out the show and I'd love people to ponder on their relationship with loneliness and how it presents in their everyday life. Enjoy. Don't surrender your loneliness so quickly. Let it cut more deep. Let it ferment and season you as few human or even divine ingredients can. Something missing in my heart tonight has made my eyes so soft my voice so tender, my need of God absolutely clear. So one of my favourite writers whose name I cannot pronounce, it's like Michel de Monton, and he writes a lot about solitude. And when I uh, went and did my big hike, I took one of his books with me on solitude, and there was a, a, a great quote in it. 
that was, um, there is nothing to fear but fear itself. Having fairly recently become single, I have felt the fear of loneliness rather than loneliness itself. I spent a lot of time worrying that I'm going to be lonely instead of actually enjoying my, my solitude, which is the positive side. Um, it's like the chance to relax and reflect and grow and learn new things. But I think when you're, when you're in the zone of panicking about being lonely, you're not really embracing that opportunity. And for me, solitude when I did the hike was what I was craving. I thought, yeah, I'm gonna hike for five months so that I can really embrace solitude and be alone. And certainly like those first few weeks of my hike, I was kind of worrying about, am I lonely? Am I lonely? Checking in with myself all the time. We need to take time out and embrace the benefits of solitude, people. I am fucking happy to be alone tonight. Just had a dinner for one. I ordered all of the delicious stuff, spent loads of money on myself, that was great. Massive bath. I've literally just had like a lobster meal and I'm about to get in the bath with a left. I've had a few beers, good night. Letter written in icing sugar by Tom Besley. Hand scrawls on candy paper to friends anywhere. One month now. Little happenings, little changes. I've been plucking pipe strings, churning up right down, baking to perfection that cherry-scented almond bread you gave me. Promising such tender condolences that I really believed having my cake Beating baby eggs, stiff upper face, buttered tension. Together might make something wonderful. So I send back letters written in icing sugar. Sweet, merciful words, drowning pain au chocolat in lashings, or caramel biscuit truffle tufts that don't make grow but shrink like an overcooked weed back into the electric ground. Hoping to find you all a perpetual friend present, waiting. You fold the page. As misty eyes salivate, the left edge speaks out. Things are hard for me here, and I write this alone, but I'm coping. I think the worst type of loneliness is when I'm not alone. When I'm in a group, when there's people around, people I could possibly connect with, and yet, for whatever reason, I feel completely isolated. Loneliness. Within the word lonely lies myself. One. O-N-E. Maybe it is possible for me to move from the ache and moan, the O of loneliness, and return to what is really within the word. 
O-N-E, one. Togetherness with myself. A place where one is company. Not everyone has to like everything. And I was just thinking about how you get those bouts of loneliness because you try to connect with someone and if it's not returned, it makes you feel lonely. But it might have nothing to do with you. Maybe that we've all got someone we can connect to but we're just not always with them. Maybe that's loneliness. Does that sound wanky? Sounds pretty wanky, doesn't it? Tinderfly by Matt Alton. Today I felt the beat of a hoverfly's wings as it inspected my busy thumbs. A quick refocus of my task and I learned they hover to attract a mate. Wings beating 120 times per second. From an arm's length, you could never tell her courtship is so arduous. From a torso's breadth, you would never know mine is. I feel loneliness may be an important emotion that we do need to feel. But to feel loneliness, then, then we really understand the feeling of being wanted or desired or loved, or the feeling of being important. As I say, being seen by somebody. I think um, if any of us have experienced loneliness, then we know the importance of being seen by other human beings. Yeah, I think seeing people is the opposite of loneliness. I see you and I love you. imprinted runs so deep it activates on the presence of your footsteps return cement gardens left untouched without footprint just cigarette burn the charge flows whirring past patterns into negative speech and actions it wriggles through and around my throat scented bees buzzing down and around the gut and chest their sting singeing a path. Mouths full and swelling, unable to swallow the words, spluttering with a choke of fumbled spaghetti hoop letters. Your tongue licks them into structures. They fall out without control, whilst grassy landscapes applaud your return. A mossy squelch awaits to absorb the inner curve of your foot. 
edge. And I'm going to send you a little something about loneliness. Um, I see loneliness in two different ways. I think I see it as obviously the scary thing that is dark and has a lot of fear in it. see it as this positive thing where lots of growth comes with it and I guess I equate it to solitude and a ability to become better at self-soothing and listening to myself and being with myself and not distracting myself from feelings that I need to feel learn to overcome or learn to take in and understand yeah that's what I've got with loneliness um it's hard in the moment but it will be fruitful You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert, repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I'll tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of rain are moving across the landscape, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clear blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over, announcing your place in the family of things. This podcast was produced by Billy Elliot Tanner and Gabrielle Balf. Contributors included Pip Beckett Robertson, Tom Besley, Tamsin Cornish, Maddie Broad, Alison Cowling, Matt Alton, Emily Klein, Annie Elliott, Orla Keenan, and Kit Jones. Director and producer was Billy Elliot Turner. Music designer, producer, and director was Gabrielle Balf. It's been a slightly different episode of Adventure Club this month, a sound exploration delving right into the themes of going it alone and being the lone wolf. 
I'm so intrigued to know what thoughts have come up while you've been listening to the show. We've had Byron Katie advising a young girl on um, being single. We had Beyonce's single ladies after that. Then we had a great interview with Laura Jacqueline about her three-day solo walk to the River Dove. Dancing with myself followed on nicely. Uh, We had some thoughts around whether it really was possible to solo adventure in this time of great technological advances. And we had a lovely loneliness audio zine. Some real food for thought today on what it means to be an individual in this world. Something that I've recently learnt is if we can be happy with ourselves alone, we can have a much greater capacity to love. I'll leave you with that one and play you out with a lovely song. And I hope you have a wonderful October and really enjoy the Halloween period. This is the time to knuckle down, button down the hatches ever so slightly and start getting out the pumpkin recipes. Enjoy, enjoy the autumnal leaves. This has been Billy Elliot's Adventure Club. Till next time, have a great month. I am as constant as a northern star And I said, constantly in the darkness Where's that at? If you want me, I'll be in the barn On the back of a cartoon coaster In the blue TV Radio Reverb. Play some blue TV. Brighton.